Wednesday night cheer. We're dedicating it the schus for Shalema for Pinchas Ben Rachel. Shavu Fuas Yeshuas Nisim and Eflois Arichas Yom Veshanim Langi Gezunt to Freilich Yar Nachas from the Kinder Einaklach Ureinaklach. And of course, the Chaim Tevim Aruchim. It's also dedicated today. See Makadish for Chayesora Basim Lassen. Pashas. Vayes Chanon. Should be a very happy parsha. Very happy parsha in that it's known as Shabbos Nachamu. Famous for Shabbos Nachamu, based on the Haftarah of Nachamu Nachamu Ami. In the condolence. The condolence that the Prophet says that is given to the Jewish children over the destruction of the Holy Temple. And Veschanan also, there's always the Shabbos following Tishabel. begins with Meshe Rabbeinu beseeching to the Almighty Veschanan al Hashem ba'esa hilemer Meshe Rabbeinu took an opportunity to pray it once again perhaps, just perhaps the decree would be nullified Spoken many times. Well, as Hanan is the Gematria numerical value of 515. Meshe Rabbeinu prayed 515 prayers. Perhaps, perhaps, the Yevishter would allow him to go into Israel, then the decree would be nullified, and he would be allowed to enter the Holy Land of Israel. Ravloch al Tesef. Enough, says the Almighty. Do not add any more of your beseechment. Do not say another word. For the decree will never be nullified. Ravloch. Another anomaly. Another. Amazing expo of the of the Torah is also we've explained many times previously. Rav Loch, four simple letters. Rav Loch. Enough, enough for you. Rav Loch. Rashi brings down several explanations. And as we've spoken many times, that Ravloch is a typical example of Shivan Panam Yatera, 
the 70 explanations or 70 more than that explanations of what exactly the Abisha meant by this. Rashi has his. <laughs> what is he doing? He's plugged in. Rashi has his explanation and many, many different explanations that Rashi himself brings down from different sources. We see from here it is known that the world can exist only for 6,000 years without the coming of Mashiach. From here we see an exact amount, actually. Moshe Rabbeinu is standing in the year 2488, again beseeching the Almighty to allow him to go into the Holy Land. And he prays Vaes Hanan 515. Says the Zohar that it's 515 times Shemitah. 515 Shemitahs from that time five hundred and fifteen Shemitahs from that time till till Mashiach will have to come. If we add up five hundred and fifteen times seven plus the 2,488, the exact amount is 6,093. What exactly are you doing? Sorry? You just closed down my Skype. No, but if anyone wants to get on, we're not going to get on. Can you just leave it alone? That's what that's there for. Thank you. Pashas Veskaran is also... A Pasha where the Aseres Hadibris is read for the second time. Pasha's Yisrael the first and Vayeschad in the second. service to Hashem how one needs to serve the Almighty there are many different tracks which a Jew can take to serve the Almighty amongst Hasidim the two different tracks that were known was an Avid, a person that worked as a servant to Hashem, whilst the other was a masculine, a mind, intellectual. In the olden days, Chassidim would travel to their Rebbe's from across countries. One such visit was made by two towering figures to the Lubavitch, to the city of Lubavitch, which is in white Russia. At the time, the Rebbe, the Tzemach Tzedek, Rebbe Nachem Mendel, one was Rebbe Yitzchak Isaac Hummel, who authored the book Chana Ariel, while the other was Rebbe Hill Parich, the author of the book, Pela Harimain. And the two would listen to the discourses, the Hasidic discourses of the Rebbe, and they would travel repeating it word for word verbatim. And this would keep Hasidim throughout the world very, very inspired. Throughout the world, not but throughout the travels, wherever they were able to travel. There was one occasion that Samach Tzedek called in his son, 
Shmuel. Asked him to listen to the way they repeat his discourse, the Tzemach Tzedek's discourse, and to tell the Tzemach Tzedek to report back to him what did he get from it. When Abishmuel repeated what he heard from them, the Rebbe said that Isaac is a maskil, Rebhil is an Avid. His son said, what's the difference? Doesn't a maskil have to be an Avid? Doesn't an Avid have to be a maskil? And the Rebbe did not answer him. A week later though, the Rebbe said a maimer to his sons and to these two chsidim. About two, three hours after midnight, the Rebbe called in Shmuel and said, quietly, I want you to go to these two chsidim and see what they're doing. Quietly, he went in with an attendant and he saw where Rabbi Isaac of Hummel was staying his head was thrown back and he was in tremendous thought and rapture. His face was ablaze and in his hand he had a pipe. Then he went to the hill and he saw the hill folded over almost in fetal position. Very, very strong concentration, profound concentration. His face was pale, his finger was, he was biting on his finger. You could see that he was very, very worried. When the son came back to his father, the Tzedek said, after hearing the report, they were both thinking through the mime I just said. However, that Isaac was looking at all the spiritual highest levels and crowns of the Almighty that came from this Maimer, as a maskal would do. Whereas Abhilo is reflecting on what this and how this affects his own soul. And this is considered an Avid. When Abshmuel was nostalgic, his son Rabshon Ber, Rashab, was his successor. And he added the difference between a masculine and an avid. For the first, the starting point is intellectuality. And he works to be able to daven, to learn, to reserve the avishta. The avid, in turn, seeks only how the teaching goes into his academic life, academic way of service to Hashem. As we spoke, the Aseret Sadibris in this Pasha, we also spoke that this week is Shabbos Nachamol. I believe we told this many times, the story of Herschel Astropolia. Herschel Astropolia was a let's, he was a joker. And Herschel once came to a house and he saw a woman alone cleaning the house, whatever it was. He saw this was a simple woman, a simpleton. Not great brain, not very intellectual, and decided to play a prank. He knocked on the door and he told her, I have regards from your parents. The woman looked at him in shock and said, My parents? My parents passed away years ago. They're in Gan Eden. He says, I know. How do you know? Why, how could you bring regards? Now, <laughs> Shabbos Nachamu is a worldwide... Well, every Jew knows Shabbos Nachamu. 
Some know it because it's a vacation Shabbos. Some know it because of the real reason, because they have Torah. Some know it as someone asked, Rabbi Shabbos Nachmo, you're allowed to stay in the city. Don't you have to go to the country? You have to get away. Shabbos Nachmo. So when he told the lady that he was Shabbos Nachmu, she heard of Shabbos Nachmu. She just didn't know what it was. So he said, I have regards from your parents, from Gan because I am Shabbos Nachmu. She was so enthralled. And she said, how are they? Started to tisk and to shake his head back and forth. Not very good. So what's the matter? Well, they're in Gan Eden, for one. <laughs> you know the... You enjoy this one. The lady calls up the husband. He's in the middle of work. He's working, very involved in something. And he says, what's the matter? And she says, I have good news and bad news. He says, listen, I really don't have time to talk to you. Just give me the good news. She says, the airbags work. <laughs> anyway... So she says, she smacked up the car. The bad, the bad news was she, she wrecked the car. The good news was the airbags work. Anyway, the airbag. Shabbos Nachmu, he says, they didn't, they don't really have any food. And they don't have a chair to sit on, they don't have a table to sit by, their beds are not comfortable. So she says to him, how can I fix that? And he saw this naive woman doesn't understand what's going on. He decided to take advantage and told her, I'm going back to Ganeidin now, I can take whatever you want. So she said, take chairs, take tables, take this, take that. He said, okay, but I can't carry this. You have to give me a wagon. And she gives him a wagon, she puts a few things, a furniture, a bed, whatever. And then he says, by the way, regards from your in-laws as well. She says, what? They're also going to eat. She says, that's right, I know. They're also not doing too well. Oi, can you take for them too? He says, whatever goes on the wagon I can take. She piled up the wagon, the whole house, all the furniture. And then she realized that one horse is not going to be enough. She took out her second horse. And she gave him both horses and said, please Shabbos Nachmu, take this to my parents, to my in-laws. And Shabbos Nachmu rode off. No, the husband comes home and he sees the house is very big. The house became very large. He says, why is the house so big? Where's all the furniture? And she says, Shabbos Nachmu was here. And he has regards from your parents, from my parents, and it's terrible. So they needed the furniture, they need chairs, they need tell. He says to you, silly woman, Shabbos Nachmu is not a person. Shabbos Nachmu is on a calendar, it's a week. It's a Shabbos. So which way did this scoundrel go? She points, he takes his horse, his last horse, and he starts to chase. He's hot in pursuit. He's traveling, he's running, he's running, and finally he comes to this very large tree. And there's a man up against the tree, holding the tree. And he says, did you see a wagon go by here? He says, yes. He says, which direction? He says, you'll never catch him. So what do you mean I'll never catch him? He says, the guy is an expert. You can never catch the guy. He says, but he took my whole house belongings. What do you mean? Says, you can never catch the guy. But I could. When you give me your horse, I can catch him. I'm an expert. So, so please take my horse. There's a little problem. So what's the problem? You notice I'm holding a tree. I'm hugging the tree. Yeah. The Mishnah says that there are three things that the world stands on. This is one of the three. My job is to hold it up. <laughs> so the poor fellow... Wasn't very learned either. <coughs> he says, I'll hold it for you. Come back with it. Just go get my stuff. He says, no problem. But there's another little problem. He says, what's the problem? 
because my job is to hold up this tree, and I'm up against the tree all the time, I have no clothing. <laughs> so you'll need to lend me your clothing. So he says, no problem. And the man gives him all his clothing off his back. And he's standing there holding the tree, and this guy drives off. And Mr. Shabbos Nachmu now caught up with his wagon and now had three horses and rode off. This is the story of Hershtas and Poli and Shabbos Nachmu. Anyway, this is uh, neither here nor there. Shabbos Nachmu again, the Navi says, a double Nechama Nachmu Nachmu Ami. Because the Jewish nation is in very, very terrible, terrible straits. As we know today, in the past week, the Jewish nation has suffered terrible, terrible calamities. Children have died in the in, in cars. There were, I think, three incidents in Israel where fathers got out of the car and left the children inside. The children of Hamanah Lutzan suffocated. Um... There were many, many such different stories. A little boy in Belgium was hit by a car, Rahman al-Islam. Also needs Rahman al-Islam. Yeah. Um, there are many, many different things that have been going on in Kali Yisrael that literally the Rahman al that we need is beyond, beyond and therefore, when we say Shabbos Nachmu, 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 Ami, we look for this Nechama, for this condolence to come about, as we are so desperate to see and to hear the news. There's a fellow, Narla Babacher, that comes to Mincha every day in 770. We dive in the first minion. And he comes almost every day, and I meet him today. I didn't see him yesterday, obviously, because yesterday was a different schedule. I think I saw him Sunday or Monday, I don't remember. I saw him yesterday, I said, today I saw him today, I said, welcome back. How is your fast? This is very disappointing. He says he really, really believed that this fast would turn into a yomtiv. He truly believed, eeks. Where'd you get her? You dropped her. Can I get her for a second, please? No, that's Rifkin Miriam. She's very, very sensitive. Uh, she doesn't come to me. Also but you cry a different language. She cries. We don't want. Can't turn her off. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's another part of the parsha. Shema Yisrael, which we're going to discuss as well. In the Aseris Adibis, as you read the Aseris Adibis, there's a chair over there, a bouncer. It was working today. As you read the Aseris Adibis, the Ten Commandments, it said, and we've said this also many times, that people should look inside the, the Chumash while it's being read. Because when it says, etc., we have to know that the word loy is written with an aleph, which means don't, not loy with a vav, that you should, you should do to him. That's so why you have to look inside to see that it's written with an olive. A very interesting halacha. Where the Pasuk says, Do not add to the things that I command you. Now this is a problem many of us suffer from. In English it's called overkill. Sometimes, we think to ourselves, I'm lacking. I'm lacking a bracha. I'm lacking a this, I'm lacking that. The Abish is not helping me. The Abish is not giving me. The Abish is not doing for me. What am I doing wrong? What am I missing here? I'm going to undertake the world to turn the world over that Hashem should listen to my prayers. It tells us the Pasuk, Do not add 
to what I tell you. Keep to the rules, keep to the laws, keep to the straight. Keep on straight and narrow, you're good. Rashi, in turn, brings down three things, three mitzvahs. Now the truth is that there's another time with later where this Pasuk is brought about, and Rashi brings down different examples. But here in this Pasuk, Rashi brings down what does it mean not to add? In the Tvilin there are four Pashis. Shema ve'ahavta, v'ayim shemaya v'ayim kiviyacha, and kadash niko b'cher. There are only four parshas. Don't put a fifth one. Don't be overkill. Another thing, says the Rashi, Chameshes minim belulov. The lulov we know has four species. The lulov, the esrig, hadasim, and the aravis. Don't find a fifth one. And finally, Rashi says, Chamesh tzitzis. The corners of the tzitzis of a beggar have to have four corners. Four and not five. Why does Rashi choose these examples? When it comes to mitzvahs, if we look in the Torah, we find three different ways that mitzvahs are commanded to us. There are mitzvahs that are written in the Torah and it's told by the Almighty that Hashem Himself tells us to do this mitzvah. Not through Moshe or the Jews. Then there are mitzvahs that are commanded through Moshe. Hashem tells Moshe and Moshe tells us. And then there are mitzvahs that are just written in the Torah. doesn't say Hashem telling it to us. doesn't say Moshe telling it to us. It's just written in the Torah. According to this, we can understand the three examples that Rashi gives us. Each one of these three mitzvahs, Lulav, Tzitzis, and Tvilin, are from each one from a different family here. By Lulav it says, in the Pasha where it talks about Yom and Tevim, in the beginning of the passage, Hashem spoke to Moshe saying, and at the end, when it talks, after it talks about the old Yom Tovim, all the holidays, the Lulav, the Matzah, etc., it says, that Moshe then turned it, the words of the Levish to the Yom Tovim, and he told this to the Jews. So this commandment in turn was given from the Abishta to Moshe and Moshe to the Jews. When it comes to Mitzvah Tzitzis, it starts by Yemer Hashem and Moshe Lemer, Dabra B'nai Yisrael. Hashem is commanding to talk to the Jews. But it doesn't say that Moshe told it to us. So we are listening to this mitzvah as if we overheard Hashem talking to Moshe. So in essence, the mitzvah is coming directly from God about the tzitzis. And then we have Tvilin. Wasn't tzitzis before Korach's time? What's the difference? Yeah, it was said over by Shalach. But it was repeated in the Shalach. Right, so oh, okay. So why is it repeated again then? Many mitzvahs yeah, are repeated. It's only repeated once. It's only said once, Parsha Shalach. What? Just before Parsha Shalach. Then when it comes to Tzvilin, it says, Vayyeh me Moshe el spoke to the nation, and he says the Parshas of Shema and Vahim Shemeah, which are two of the five. But they are brought down where? In Chumash Devarim. Who spoke Chumash Devarim? Moshe. Now the fact is that all mitzvahs came from God. It's not debatable if Moshe made up any mitzvahs. He didn't make up any mitzvahs. Everything comes from God. There are times that the Torah doesn't actually say, quote-unquote, this is coming from God. 
When it comes to the mitzvah of Baltasif, not to add, we could perhaps say maybe this is through Moshe. Moshe's idea, not to add. Because Moshe went and enumerated everything that he had to do, and every mitzvah he had to enumerate. He went and told you everything that had to happen with that mitzvah. But the Yavishter doesn't give exact amounts and exact calculations. And therefore, perhaps, mitzvahs that we hear from Hashem are not like that. And therefore, we have to tell you, Al-Tasif. Or perhaps the other way around. That the Almighty's mitzvahs are said ex- in exact amounts, and therefore you cannot measure, you cannot add on the, unto them. But Meshulah Meinu, is not so perfect in his numbers, and therefore you could. Therefore Rashi brings down an example of things that Moshe said, examples that Hashem said, and examples that Hashem said through Moshe. Each one of the mitzvahs for each category, to tell us that in each and every category, this this each one of these categories is relevant. Amongst the Avedis, that we have to refrain, restrain in, in the Ten Commandments, is Leisignev. Now really, the truth is, we have to examine the Ten Commandments. Anoichi Hashem Aleikecha, Leyil The Almighty is giving direct commandment as far as He is concerned. To accept the Abishta as, as the Abishta and not to take any other God. Then going into the other petty things, not to steal, not to steal, these are things between a person and another person. Hashem says though you cannot do it right. Ben Adam if you don't do it right, Ben Adam Lamakim. If you don't act properly between God and yourself, you won't act properly between man and another man. And therefore, as long as you have the full memory of Anoichi Hashem Aleikecha, it registers the Anoichi Hashem Aleikecha, it registers to you, then you will have the capacity to be able to overcome the trials and tribulations of Ben Adam Lachavele. Between a person and his friend. Rebbe Yitzchak Mibardichev was the lawyer of the Jewish nation. Ironically, Rebbe Baruch HaMezhbush had a problem with him. And he would actually badmouth Rebbe Yitzchak Mibardichev. One Friday night, the Baruch HaMezhubur said to the Chassidim, anyone that can come forth, tell me a story that would put Levi Yitzchak Badichev in bad light. Like almost tell me Lashon Hara about Levi Yitzchak Badichev. I will give him Elam Habast. I'll give him a portion of the world to come. Once a Chassid was ready to step forward, and the Chassidim told him, get, get down, get down, shut up, are you crazy? You can't go talk Lashon Hara Levi Yitzchak And he reneged, he went back on his play, he went back on his, he held himself and he refrained. Then by Shachris, again, by the midday meal, again, Baruch Mezhubur said, who can come and tell me something about Levi Yitzchak and again this man tried to tear his way through. And again they dissuaded him. But this time they dissuaded him because he realized that by Sudash Nishit he's going to ask again and then I'm not going to listen to them. Then I'll tell them. Suddenly, lo and behold, by Sudash Nishit again, Baruch Mejibur said, who could tell me something about Levi Sakhbadichiv when he tried to fight his way through and the, the Mezhubosh saw this man is fighting his way through he says come forth my brother come my son tell me what you heard 
And the man said as follows, I once traveled to Berdichev in business. I came on business to a fair in Berdichev, so I went. Berdichev is a very big city. If you're never there. It's a very, very big city. <laughs> and it's a very big cemetery too. Anyway, he said, I came there and they told me that the most inspiring thing you could ever see in your life is going to see Levi Yitzchak Badichev Daven. When he prays, it's just unbelievable, it's awesome. So I went. Took off some time from work, in the morning, middle of business, and I went. When I came there, I heard him saying, he was in the middle of Bichas Krishna, and he said the words, Yaitza Misharsim Vasha Misharsav. He creates the ministering angels who stand in the heights of the universe. All of a sudden, when he said those words, the tzaddik, the Yitzchah jumped out of his place, came running towards me, says this chassid, and he looked at him, and he said, What will Malach Machol say? What will Malach Gavriel say? And he ran back to his place. Now, This fellow says, this episode sounds so weird. He says, how can this man start screaming in the middle of davening? Like a madman. And he was so angry at me. Where does a man get angry? If he's a holy man, how does he get angry like that? And even worse than that, he came to us by a point in davening where you're not allowed to talk out. How did he interrupt his davening in the middle? Baruch Mezhebush heard this story. And he said to him in front of everybody, You should know, Levitzach Badichev is the lawyer for Kla Yisrael. He is the advocate for the entire Jewish nation. Even more so, and we've said it many times, Levitzach Badichev once had the people talking during davening in Shul. And he turned to Hashem and he said, Hashem, look at your children. Even in the middle of talking, they daven. Instead of complaining about the davening, talking in the middle of davening, he, even there he found a source for them. Even in the middle of talking, they daven. At this point in davening, it says, he said, Baruch Mejbur said, now when it comes to these words, Yetzim Misharsav Hashem Misharsav, Malach Mechol Malach Gavriel start to pray for all the Jews. Any Jew that's saying these words, they come and they daven to help them out that nothing should happen to them and that they should be exonerated from anything. However, when Levi Yitzchak Badichev says it, he goes with them. He joins them to talk good about the Jews. No. Suddenly, he saw you standing there. The Baruch Mejbush telling this chassid. And he saw the sin that was on your face that morning. Did you not take a spoon from breakfast, a silver spoon, and put it in your pocket? He was so enraged. He couldn't find the reason you did it. You're a wealthy man. You didn't need it. You didn't need the money or anything else. You have your own silver. Your own gold. You lack nothing. Why did you steal this silver spoon? So the tzaddik turned to you, says Baruch Mezhavosh, and asked, what will Malach Machol and Gabriel say now? How can they defend you for what you have done? The young man started to shake. It's true. And he asked Baruch Mezhbush, how can I repent? 
How can I do tshuva for this? And Baruch Meshavah said, I have no solution for you. You would have to go back to the Baditra. And the young man went back to the Baditra to get repentance, to get tshuva. So when we say Laisignaiv, it takes on a totally different dimension now. The interesting thing in this week's parsha, it talks about Shamanism Shabbos Hashem We have to keep the Shabbos like Hashem commanded us. Kashat Sivcha Zakdrashi, what does it mean that like God commanded? Now let us do some historical historical research here. The Torah was given on Har Sinai, and this is cited in Parshas Yisrael. However, the Parsha before that, Parsha B'Shalach, which talks about Kriyas Yamsuf, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, splitting of the sea. After the splitting of the sea, they came to a place called Mora. And the Pasuk tells us why was it called Mora. Mora means bitter. You could not, the water was not drinkable. What did they do? They took a tree, they threw the tree into the water. The water became sweet, and they drank. At that juncture, the mitzvah of Shabbos was cited. There at that point, prior to Matan Terah, Matan Terah was only the next parish of Bashi Yisrael. They weren't by Harsinai, they were still in Mora. And at this point, at this point Shabbos was recited, recited to them. When it comes to a Rishus Harabim, a public domain on Shabbos, that we're not, we're not allowed to carry in a public domain, we're not allowed to carry from a private domain to a public domain or vice versa, there are many different opinions. And basically, it's brought down from the Alter Rebbe. If there's no 600,000 people going through there daily, it's not considered Shusaram. Now, the Mispar Shishim River, the Mispar, this number of 600,000, Kedigle Midbar, like those flags of the Midbar, only the Jews were there. But many opinions have that this 600,000 included the non Jews around, also in the desert. So, where does he take this number? Why is he using this number? with including inclusive of the non-Jews. So perhaps we can explain this when Shabbos was commanded in Mora those keeping score at home Sech the Shabbos Pezayin Amit Bez 87 side 2 and he says, Uva Mora, Kaidin Matantera, was before Matantera. Hayali Yisrael din de Bnei Neach. The Yidin had a din of Bnei Neach. They were not considered yet Yidin. They were not Jews until they received the Torah on Sinai. Until that point, they were considered Noahide. And therefore, only had to keep the seven Noahide laws. Even though all the other mitzvahs that are mentioned before Matan Teda, the only relevance they have is because they were reiterated by Mahal Sinai. So nothing else mentioned before Matan Teda had any kind of credence until Matan Teda actually by Mahal Sinai. But the mitzvah of Shabbos was different. that afterwards, whatever they were commanded about Shabbos, it was reiterated the fact that this was as you were commanded in Mara. 
which is the Inyani of Shabbos after Matantena, went into the borders of the Shabbos that was commanded in Mara. Since the Jews were not yet considered B'nai Israel by Mara, they were still B'nai Noyach. So therefore, there is just an album, their public domain was that of B'nai Noyach in general. So therefore, we include everyone that was B'nai Noyach, any person in mankind was considered B'nai Noyach at that time. And therefore, we go according to that opinion that the 600,000, even the non-Jews, were included in that number. It's a little, almost far-fetched, but it's not really. Pasuk tells us in this week's parasha, Misham, it took us out from there. Why? From out of Egypt. The reason why we were taken out of Egypt was so we should be given the land which was sworn to our forefathers. This is a lifelong lesson to how we have to act. We've spoken many times that the Yitzias Mitzrayim, spiritual leaving of Mitzrayim of Egypt, Mitzrayim is a Lushen Mitzorim, boundaries, we leave our boundaries behind. We have to serve the Almighty without consideration of any kind of boundaries in this world. There are times we feel that we are restricted. I don't really have time to learn. I'm too tired to go to learn. I'm too tired to go to Minyan this morning. I'm too lazy to walk down to the mikveh. I take physical restraints, physical restrictions. I allow them to dictate my service to God. These are something that one has to leave behind. In that case, a person could think, in that case, I don't have anything to do with spirit, physical world. I have to leave the physical world. I have to go up to the seventh heaven. I have to become an angel. Because I have to go out of my boundaries. All my boundaries, I have to leave it all behind. That's why it says here, no. The Isano Misham, we took you out of there. Why? To give you the land. What is going out of the boundaries means? It means going out of certain boundaries, but not out of the world. We still have to remain in the Ha'aretz, in the land. We still have to have physical existence in the world. And we have to make each thing that we have a vessel to God. There are times when we think to ourselves, what did I accomplish? I served a Jew a meal. I gave a nickel to tzedakah. I did this, I did that mitzvah, I did whatever mitzvah I did. And I had all the intentions for this mitzvah. I thought about it the way I should think about it. I had all the proper... But what did I actually do with this mitzvah? What did I accomplish? This is what it's telling us. That Yetzirah Mitzrayim means that even if we find ourselves within a place which is called Mitzrayim, we cannot think within the boundaries that it's keeping us. The restraint. But rather we have to be totally bound to the Almighty and to elevate every physical thing that we do. That it should be totally ready for the Almighty to settle in. And this is Lassus Leidira B'Tachtainim and this is also the Midrash B'Tachtainim that the person needs to make a dwelling place for God. Our home needs to be a dwelling place for God. Our words have to be dwelling place for God. Our thoughts need to be, and our actions need to be dwelling place for God. 
It needs to still be in Ha'aretz. It needs to be down to earth. But it needs to be done in a spiritual fashion that we dedicated, devote this to God. The previous Lubavitcher Rebbe once spoke of a chassid, man named Pesach. Pesach. He wasn't a Torah scholar. He wasn't a worldly person. He had nothing really to sell. He used to live in Hamul. He lived in the town of Hamul, and there he used to buy his merchandise and sell to the outlets around him. In the year 1866, he joined a group of chassidim led by Rabbat Chayel, and they journeyed to Hummel, from Hummel to Lubavitch. They wanted to spend Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur in Lubavitch. He merited to go into Yechidis, the private audience with the Rebbe. He gave the Rebbe his kvittel, his letter, and on it it said all his story, his issues. And the tzaddik blessed him as follows. You should always fulfill the words of the Prophet, Si'u Marim Eneichem. Lift up your eyes and see. Raise up your eyes, heavenward. And then the Rebbe said to him, And you should know that Shema is Yisrael. The Pesach was totally, totally lost. He had no idea what the Rebbe was talking about. He immediately ran to his Mashpir at Mar and said, Explain to me what the Rebbe is talking about. In those days, a shul was built, they always had very big skylights. What was the skylight for? A person should see the sky, should see the heavens. Because seeing the sky is the footstool of the Almighty's throne. He says, The Rebbe is telling you, since you travel all the time, you're on the road all the time. You're out in the open. So you don't need the restriction of a window. You see always, you can always look up and see Hashem. So the Rebbe is blessing you that what the Prophet says, Raise up your eyes heavenward and see who created these. Whenever you travel, you should be able to do that. The word Shema is a made up of three letters. Shema, Shin, Mem, Ayim is Su'u, Marim, Eneichem. When a person takes the word Shema and he gives him every fiber of his body gets into this, then instead of being called the name of Yaakov, which each Jew is the son of Yaakov, he reaches to the level of Yisrael. And therefore, Shema is Yisrael. This is Pesach repeated this story many years later, 25 years later, in 1891 when he came to Lubavitch, to Rosh Hashanah, and he would come, every two, three years he would come, and he would repeat this Yechidus, as if it had just happened. And he said that I, got me, it got me so involved, that I had to learn Torah, I didn't know Torah till now, I didn't know how to learn, I had went to a neighbor, and I used to sit and learn with him, and it got to a point where I started to be able to learn on my own, Reb Pesach ultimately traveled and the Rebbe blessed and became very wealthy. He moved to a city called Loj. And there he dealt with manufactured goods. In 1928, he was 90 years old. Again he repeated to the Friedrich Rebbe this story of this Echidus. And he said it as if again like it happened that day. And he mentioned how each time that we say Shema, how he feels the concept of Sumar Menechem, 
And every time he heard the Shema, whether it be any time in davening, any time of the year, Yom Kippur or Shabbos, or whatever it might be, it always brought him to the level of Yisrael. And he had one request, that before he breathes his last breath in this world, he should be able to say Shema and to be Yisrael. And he was granted just that. And he wanted to understand it, how it worked. In the Pasuk Shema Yisrael, Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad, the Targum Unklis, which is not written in Hebrew, says the word Hashem Echad, he writes Hashem Chad, one. The word Echad, and this is what we have to have in mind when we say the Pasuk of Shema twice a day, at least. Echad is Aleph Ches Dalit. Aleph refers to the Alufei Shalolam, the godliness. Where is it found? In the Ches, in the Eight. What is Eight? Seven heavens and the earth. And Dalid is the four directions, north, east, south, and west. Dorim, Tzofen, Mizrach, and And they all become the four, the seven heavens and the earth, and the four corners of them, all become totally nullified. They become one. They become bottle to the Aleph, the Alufei Shalelam. So therefore we find that these letters all have to come on to the Aleph. However, the Targum doesn't use the Aleph. Targum says, Achad. What's the difference between Lush and Kurdish, the, Hebrew, the Holy Tongue, to any other language? Because the Almighty created the world with the Holy Tongue. And therefore, in that language, Kedusha is revealed. Mashenkin, any other languages, the Almighty's spirituality is not so revealed. Although, although, Mesha, in the beginning we spoke last week, Be'er is Azeis explained the Teira in 70 languages. And the reason he explained it in 70 languages is so that ultimately Teira could be learnt in the 70 languages. But still, even though it's learnt in the other language, it doesn't take on the same spiritual connotation. And therefore we can explain what Lashon HaKedosh, when we say Hashem Echod, and when the Targum translates Hashem Chad, because in Lashon HaKedosh is recognized the revelation of the seven heavens and the four directions are all bottle, are all null to the Aleph, the Aleph HaShalelam, Mashenke in the other languages it doesn't have that nullification, it doesn't have the Aleph even though it means one Chad means Echad, it means one but it's lacking its Aleph and therefore we need to have, we need to come on to that Aleph to be able to accept the heavenly yoke to be able to accept what the Almighty gives us As we spoke many times, the Shema Yisrael, the first pasuk, is mentioned many times in history. And one of the main focal points is Shema Yisrael, where Hashem says, where, where Yaakov you know, gathered his children and said to them, I want you to follow my ways, I want you to do all I tell you, I want you to live the life I live, the style I do. And they told him, Shema Yisrael, hear us Yisrael, our father Yisrael, Hashem, the God that you refer to, Elekeinu, is our God. And Hashem, this God that you say is only one, Echad by us is only one. And then the next time that this Pasuk is brought down is by Matan where Hashem says, Shema Yisrael, Hear, O Israel, Anoichi Hashem Elekecho, I am God, your God, and the Eden answer, Hashem Elekeinu, God is our God. 
And then when God says, you should not have any other gods, we say, Hashem Echad. God is only one. And therefore, with this, we should have the Nachmu, Nachmu Ami, we should have the condolences of the Navi, the double condolence, and we should merit the, the entire world gathering together in the one language, and that we should all come together, should be Mala Oretz, Deyes Hashem Kamayim Leomachasim, as the Ramam finishes off, and that the world will be covered and enveloped, and we will make, make of each and every physical being and creature and creation, we will make spirituality of it, and we will see that no matter what our situation and predicament is, no matter how hard we find it to cope with what we are doing, what we are living through, that Hashem is there for us. Hashem will always give us the kayach, the strength to overcome and to be able to live in a way of geula, in a way of, re, of breaking out of our Mitzrayim, breaking out of our restraints and ultimately being able to greet Mashiach Tzidkenu Yerushalayim Rakhidesh Shabbat Shalom